Welcome to Bed Knobs and Broom Flicks, the podcast that talks about witches, man witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about everything. We also talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals, as our fair familiars, and witches in history. Sorry, this show will include spoilers. You have been warned. My name is Jane, and I have no idea what emo music is, clearly. <laughs> clearly. I'll, I'll cover that one later. <laughs> um, my, you know, I just realized I didn't have an intro prepared. <laughs> terrible. God. Um, it's oh, okay. You think okay. of one. Okay, go. <laughs> my name is Linda, but as usual, you can call me the cheese. And this week, I'm a ruck rider. <laughs> oh, whoa. That's how ruck riders roll. <laughs> By the way, I realized that I know shit about emo music after, um, <coughs> excuse me, after uh, the end of last episode with the Blair Witch Project, and you had mm. talked about, you know, going into our emo boy K.O.L. I think I was humming a Blink-182 song, and you mentioned Fall Out Boy, and I'm like, no, I know shit about emo music. I don't know if that's an emo band. I don't know any emo bands. You can at me and tell me all about your favorite emo bands. I probably won't listen to them because I am listening to a lot of musical theater right now, okay? It makes me feel good. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so today we are covering the sixth book in the uh, Throne of Glass series by Sarah J. Moss, Tower of Dawn. And we take a step back from the adventures of Aelin and her band of fairy and berry and witch-like men and women. And we, Tasty morsels. And we join Kaol in, our, in all of his... <laughs> He is exciting. <laughs> it's it was this was one of the ones where it took me a while to get into it. Like I was trying to find yeah. something to latch on to. And at first I thought it was going to be like um Irene, uh, who is the healer who is going to um heal Kaol of his um peril um of his paralysis that he sustained after the uh king attacked him from mm-hmm. way back when. Um <laughs> that book that we kind of forgot about <laughs> um but after a while i was like oh this is she's she's becoming boring so i it took me a while like i think at one point you had I, you would have actually gone ahead of me and i but for a while i was ahead of you and i was like bass cats we can talk about bass cats and then bass cats never came back except for like oh the bass cats watch the library and they sink around and everything I'm like i really feel like they're okay. just there because it's like Oh, remember? Bass cats are cute. Here they are. <laughs> They're normal. You can sometimes but pet yeah. them, but they we just kind of wander around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if they want you to. Yes. Um, we get two new creatures with this one. We get the um, the rucks, and, like, seriously, every time that that they they use the phrase ruck riders, I was just thinking, <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but uh anyway rucks are uh as, as they are quoted in the the book it says uh enormous birds eagle-like in shape large enough to carry off cattle and horses without the sheer bulk and destructive weight of the iron teeth which is wyverns but swift and nibble nimble <laughs> and clever as foxes the perfect mounts for the legendary archers who flew them into battle so they're pretty much like griffins that's kind of how i kept imagining them as kind of like griffins like i i i either imagine it as that way or some sort of like chimera hybrid that i once saw in um uh final fantasy 10 the chimeras from final fantasy 10 that's kind of how i would imagine some of them i was like oh maybe it's like this but yeah and see that or the golden eagles from um lord of the rings (laughs) oh yeah i forgot about those yeah see we can we can pull from other nerddom. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> and uh, then, of course, like Jane was saying, the Bast Cats. And uh, it says, the Bast Cats had dwelled in the Tor, uh, Tor Library for as long as it had existed, yet none knew where they had come from or how they were replaced when age claimed them. Each was <laughs> as individual as any human, save for those barrel-colored eyes they each bore, and the fact that all were just as prone to curl up in a lap as they were to shun company altogether. 
Some of the healers, old and young alike, swore the cats could step through pools of shadows to appear on another level of the library. Some swore the cats had been caught pawing through the pages of open books. Reading. <laughs> that was my favorite part was reading that. Although the way you described yes. them, I was like, that's like this one cat that kind of became mine by osmosis of just kind of like, well, I'm going to come and live with you for a bit and curl up in your lap. And that's about how I'm going to stay for the rest of my life. <laughs> and then I'm yeah. going to leave for a bit and go visit the next house. And then I'm going to come back. And yeah, <laughs> that was a cool cat. <laughs> I was like, I guess I got a fifth cat, fourth cat. <laughs> <laughs> It's the one cat my other cats didn't kick out. (laughs) (laughs) There's also another line I loved. It was, uh, to offend one vast cat was to insult them all. And even though Irene loved most animals, with the exception of some insects, she had been sure to treat the cats kindly, occasionally leaving morsels of food or providing a belly rub or ear scratch whenever they deigned to command them. (laughs) The belly rub is a trap. The belly rub is a trap. The belly rub is a trap. (laughs) It always is with my cat, Kamala. She's like, it, she gets on her back and she shows you her belly and she's like, yes, come. They all do. This time it's different. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Charlie Brown. I promise I'll hold the football yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then she claws on and uh, to my arm and then and bites me. <laughs> it's like, ha ha, you fell for my clever ruse. <laughs> like, no, Kamala. Anyways, the reason why we're talking about these strange creatures is because Kaol and his uh, friends with benefits, uh, Nesser and Falik, have traveled the to the city of have traveled to the city of Antica, also known as East India. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, every time they Pretty describe much. this, I'm like, I know, I know where you're playing this from. It's like East India, or um, mm. some parts of it would be very reminiscent of the Middle East. I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> So think that when we're talking about this area. So and it's ruled by the uh, Coggin um, and his six children. And man, do they have a great family dynamic? <laughs> just, just. <laughs> I just want to mention this because I have a couple things to say about some of his children. So they, what happens is, uh, so Kaol and, and Nesserin get to. Um, the palace, because Kaol has been told by Dorian, hey, you go round up an army from, you know, the Coggin and, you know, bring them mm-hmm. here. See if we can get more people on our side to fight this war. And Kaol's crippled and he's just like, I guess I'm an emissary now. I wish yeah, I was fighting, uh, but I guess I'm an emissary now. <laughs> he's like turning into Bran from uh, from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, like, yes. I wanted to be a knight. Like early, early Bran. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, so like the attack from the Valg in uh, who was in King da- uh, Dorian Sr. left a giant scar on Kale's back and his lower left uh, lower half uh, is paralyzed, except mm-hmm. for his dong, apparently. Yeah, no, he <laughs> makes mention that because he can still, um, you know, make loves with his uh, friends with benefits. Everything still works. And he gets very indignant when Irene Towers is like everything. He's like, it's fine. <laughs> We proved it on the ship over here. It's fine. (laughs) Nazareth, tell her. Tell her. Tell him it's fine. It's fine, Kale. I told you it's fine. (laughs) See? Anyway, so back to the Coggin. So they have this really cool Mm. rule because the Coggin has, well, had six children. They get there under probably the worst time and they find out that the youngest Mm -hmm. of the children um, has died. Um, at the moment, it's a ruled a suicide because you know, she was a rowdy, high-spirited one who was prone to all sorts of issues and mood swings sometimes. And so they're all in mourning, and um, you've got the five other siblings. And the the rule is, is um, the Coggin will name his heir, and that heir gets to produce all the children and everything. And the other children can either go into exile... Um, or become part of the stay in the court, but all of their children they have will just be murdered because they and do. Uh, they get like castrated or something like that, don't yeah. they? Yeah, I can't remember the castration part, but I just remember where it's like, yeah, like you can stay here, but your children will be killed because we don't want any um, 
other people to try to get at the throne. And this is how we've maintained peace this whole time. So that, of course, is made fertile. That's a yeah. Yeah. Well, and you can interpret that however you want. They have a really cool. (laughs) They have a really cool set of healers, but I'm sure that you know the Hippocratic oath would actually apply there, based off of what we've read. (laughs) But um. So you've got all these siblings, most some of the siblings scheming against each other. You know, you've got um, my my. I, I'm starting to. I'm thinking of this in the nicest way possible. I have never wanted a brother and sister pair dead more since Cersei and Jamie Lannister. <laughs> There's. <laughs> And, but the yeah. roles are reversed. The worst sibling is the brother in this case, and that's Argon. And he is the, he is the, oh, God. It, I mean, if you want to pick the person who's definitely being the politician here, that's your politician. And the other yeah. one is um, Hozar, which I thought was pronounced Hazar, which would have made me a lot happier. But then I looked it up, and it's pronounced Hozar. And she is, a, she definitely tries to go for political intrigue a lot more. But um, our beast. <laughs> but she's uh, she's a bit hot headed. It seems uh, she also has a female lover, which was kind of a nice little nod mm-hmm. there. But yeah, those two together, they are both vying for the political um, high seat so that they can become the rulers and everything. Or one that can be the ruler. They're not. They're not. They're not Jamie Lannister and Cersei, at least like that. That that's yeah. not happening. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, for all yeah. the people out there who love Jamie Lannister and his whole redemption arc, I know I'm not even talking about the TV show. Rich, remember, he threw a freaking child out the window <laughs> he did. so that he could hide the fact that he was boning his sister. I know he saved Brienne from being assaulted and raped, but he threw a child out of a window. And okay? He also did it with zero fucks. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Regardless of whether or not you saw the TV show or read the book, he really did not give a damn. So, yeah. yes, he can have his redemption arc, but however the book ends, I guarantee you he is also going to die. Okay? And it will be okay. <laughs> that is the end of it. <laughs> I can't guarantee you, considering the fact that the book has gone all sorts of different directions. But that's a different book for another day. But still, I'm just saying to all the Jamie Lancer fans, there's only so much you can do. Okay? I'm sorry, but I've never wanted a brother and sister pair dead. From this pair to this pair. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's going to be the last Game of Thrones reference for this book. <laughs> and Linda and Donnie. What? <laughs> huh? uh, you're the Jamie Lannister and Cersei of the podcast world. <laughs> Without the incest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> None of us with the incest. <laughs> they, they took it a step too far. <laughs> But anyways, you've got the other siblings. You've got um, uh, Sartak, who is, um, he's kind of the, he, he's hes the golden child. I mean, you learn later on in the book that, yeah, he's already been named heir by the um, current Coggin. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, but he's kind of like, I want to fly free and be a ruck rider. And I have my, <laughs> you know, like my, was it, um. I have my uh, dead mother's, I can't remember the name now, <laughs> like my brain just broke. But, uh, you know, he has, because the Ruck Riders are also a, um, they're part of the same kingdom, but they live up in the mountains, riding their rucks, teaching yeah. their four-year-olds how to ride and everything. So, you know, and there's a- uh, Oh, they call them the Ruckin. Hearth, Hearth, yeah, of the Ruckin. But they have um, yeah. the Hearth sister and Hearth mother. So he already has like a, yeah. technically a second family who's taken him in um, of these people who are uh, Ruckins who are, who ride these Rucks. The Ruck Riders. <laughs> I'm going to keep calling them Ruck Riders now. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you, Linda. <laughs> uh, and then you've got Cashin, who is in love in lust oh, with yeah. Irene Towers, like hardcore. And she, it seems like when you're reading the book, because Irene is a healer in the tour, and the healers are like these people who are like highly regarded in Antica, like it's, or Antica. Uh, they are the ones who you just, like, they get high protection. Like they can almost do no wrong. They're meant mm-hmm. to heal. They're not supposed to hurt. And Irene is like the best of the best. And uh, she... And well, we should say that part of the the reason he's going to Antica is to enlist the Kale. help of the Kogan the and his military, but, but also, also try to, to get, get healed. Um, 
yeah to get healed and uh yeah so sorry yeah no oh no sorry my interrupted as well um but yeah it's yeah and so but yeah so the so kashin has a major crush on irene and it sounds like the way that it read is that she was kind of entertaining the idea but the fact that the idea that, you know, if they were to marry and if he were not to be made heir, all of her children would be killed. <laughs> yeah. You know, kind of a kind of a turnoff for me, too. I don't blame Irene for feeling that. <laughs> and then you've got the youngest sister, Duva, who everybody loves. Like the line is always mm-hmm. um, um, all but Duva, which is a way of saying, like, look, we'll let her live. We'll let her get married. And she is. And she's currently pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll ma- possibly let her children live, too. So it's like they every she is the like Sartak may be the golden child of the Coggin to be heir, but Duva is definitely the one that everybody loves because she's still she's still the youngest. Um, before um, uh, Tumalin, I believe is her name pronounced, uh, was um died. So, anyways, there's the siblings. You know, you got the two ones that I'm basically if they die in battle, I'm like, okay, that's fine, <laughs> a noble sacrifice. <laughs> checking out here <laughs> Cashin who and, and he Cashin's no like laughing like he controls the foot soldiers of yeah. Antica so he's he's also well trained so a lot of these and even um uh Hozar is also seems to have some sort of sway and power and strength so she's I love that it's Hozar I know I, when I looked it up I was kind of disappointed <laughs> I was like hey guys it's <laughs> I really just want to say Hodor now. Okay, that's the last Game of Thrones reference. I prob- I'm trying to make the last. <laughs> but anyway, so, and then we've got Irene. Let's talk a little bit about Irene and her um, her chip on her shoulder, which is very much earned, in my opinion. Yes. So, Kale uh, comes to, comes, uh, you know, comes with uh, Nezrin, and the head healer, Hafiza. Uh, assigns her best and potential successor, um, Irene, Tal- or Irene Towers, to work on Kale, though she knows that this is going to be hard for her because Irene's mother was killed by an Adderlanian soldier carrying out the orders of Dorian's daddy. Well, not just killed, burned at the stake, and um, yes. Irene watched her mother get burned and screamed. So Irene has a, and she was nine, I think, is at the time. Because she and, used magic. She had magic. Well, and... her, their magic is healing. Mm-hmm. So, like, because part of the sessions when Irene is with Kaol is she sends a white light into his body. When he, so, okay, we're going to explain this. Okay. Yes. You, you explain that, it. Um, <laughs> you go on. I will let you explain point, this one. There's, the, there's a line. I had to highlight it. It says, Irene flung out her magic in a blind flare, the light pure as sea foam. <laughs> I said, pardon? <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? The light pure as sea foam. What the fuck? So <laughs> I, I, I don't know what she was going for with that, but... Uh, yeah, Irene has magic um, hands is honestly how you could <laughs> describe yeah, this. Yeah, she's got magic yeah. hands. And because of her history with the Adderlanian soldiers, um, Irene starts off hating Kale, and we get another one of those, uh, one of Moss's common themes, which Jane pointed out before, relationships that start with hatred and develop into love. Yes. <laughs> and so- I... I, I, I Miss Moss, I gotta ask: Are you okay? Because <laughs> are you okay? Is everything okay? I'm, I'm, I'm actually now being a little serious because these these relationships are a little bit concerning. You know, right? you got the only ones that I've so far been kind of happy about the way they formed is um, Adi and Lysandra, and then obviously later yes. on with this book with uh, Nesserin and Sartak. Hi, spoilers, yeah. but we already warned you. So yeah, it's like, oh, you guys didn't start out hating each other, and. Sartak was actually kind of showing you some fun things, and clearly Kaol is just kind of using you as a live doll. So um, let's. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, she has another theme in here um, that it, it it was brought to my mind with Irene. Um, what is the deal with Moss and dead or absent mothers? <laughs> there's Nezrin. Her mom died. And yes, they, died of they cancer, basically. This too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dorian's mom is there, but she, is she really? 
like, yeah no she's she's definitely fucking name i think we got it once maybe no we got it once it was like uh it's it starts with a g and uh, clearly i don't care enough to look it up anymore because yeah. she's she's inconsequential because she's like she, i i don't know because like i don't know like the extent of how much like may I, I don't know like what happened with her in king dorian like for all we know, like she has like another tragic story where like she used to be like this really smart like court um you know like court queen who like knew all the intrigue right. and knew how to deal with it and then when uh Dorian senior got possessed like just she just melted because he just started abusing her so like, again we don't, Maybe. Know. I don't know and they don't go into it and we're just speculating but yeah she's a very like absent flighty mother and then yeah, you got Aelin's mother who's either. dead so yeah, she was murdered. Irene. You have um, Elid, mm-hmm. you have Manon, mm-hmm. and to an extent, the Kagan's family, because uh, they go into how the Kagan became the Kagan because um, he had to, f- his mom made him uh, fight the, uh, the, uh, his brother for the throne, and uh, the, co- the current his current family, their mom's kind of absent because she's in so much. Uh, well, she's grief. mourning the loss of her of her yeah. deceased daughter. Although in the end, she does like come out of the room and finally like yes. acknowledge. So it's like it's I can understand that grief, especially like mm-hmm. as the young as a youngest child losing a youngest. I mean, usually any child. Um, but I think it's one of those things where I can imagine she may have thought, well. Maybe my daughters will be okay, you know, even though I know this mm-hmm. is coming or, you know, at least like it will come when they're all adults and they can sit there and fight over it and stuff. But, you know, I think I think Tomlin's supposed to be like 14 when she is yeah. murdered. Let's just cut to the chase there. Um, <laughs> like we can, I can understand her grief, but like then again, you also have another sort of absent mother who like at the time and I'm I'm not saying this like as a negative thing to her, but I'm just saying that. There's not, she's I mean, not communicating. She's not really interacting with them because she's her grief is so intense. Yeah. But then also you get that that in the uh, court of thorns and roses as well. Of yeah, the, the dead mothers. So I don't know. It's well, and Lysand. Well, I just realized Lysandra's mother kicked her out when she found out she was a shifter. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Yes. <laughs> and the bad. Or absent or dead mothers, like all the time, like all around every, almost every freaking character, uh, every like main character, Wait, it seems. Kaol's, Kaol's mother actually seemed to care. Like he oh, actually yeah. does remember uh, her and her, uh, her and his uh, uh, younger brother. Uh, like she was trying to defend when Kaol was kicked out of the house yeah. and basically thrown down this icy stairs. And then they go into like, that's part of the darkness that lives in Kaol is also all of the horrible things that he's been through. Um, And they talk about how like his mother basically begged um, Kaol's father not to do worse to Kaol and said, Kaol Mm -hmm. just had to go and leave. And after a very sound um, beating, I guess would be one way of putting it. It's a throwing (laughs) down the stairs of your oldest child. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. One good mother. I'm just saying one good mother trying to protect her child. Okay. (laughs) As far as we know, is alive. As far as we, yeah, that's the only thing we don't know. She's alive. She's just been mentioned in passing and how like, you know, Kaol does love his mom. So, which is good. We have a, we have a man who at least cares about his mom (laughs) and that she seemed to be a good woman. (laughs) Yes. And anyway, sorry, I'm I I didn't mean to get us off on that little tangent, but oh no, um, it's okay. We're just kind of set up some of these characters because you know Irene's basically giving Kaol the stink eye while she's healing him with yes. her magic white light hands, and he I guess keeps referencing the woman who helped her and taught her how to fight, and defend herself, and stay alive, and we and gave all her money. Know it's Aelin. Yes, it's. <laughs> she's like, I wonder who this is. It's like she taught me how to yeah. fight. Then she gave me a whole bunch of money and a jewel mm-hmm. to get over here, so that because because of what Irene went through after her mother was killed, was she went and lived with a cousin and or uh, another relative, and then she just she climbed mountains and they make a point that she climbed mountains to get to where she was because she was trying to flee because yeah. she flew the she fled the northern continent. 
and came here so that she can learn to be a healer. Because her mom was already teaching her how to heal um, on their side, like showing her all the different herbs right. and teaching her all this stuff. So her good memories are, of course, of her mother. Although I do like her absent father. It's like, it was a man that her mother didn't really care to yeah. keep around. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so. it's... It's interesting, but, um, yeah, so she, um, she heals him by, um, or like, you know, slowly she, she puts a, uh, lays a hand on his back because he's naked back. um, He's got to be naked. He's like, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Well, except for his shorts, like she's doing exercises to keep his legs from atrophying, but then she has to lay his hand on his naked back and send stuff through his spine, Mm -hmm. (laughs) white light through his spine. And she somehow transports herself into it sometimes. Then Kaol gets transported and he's in screaming, withering agony. And I'm not smiling while I say that. I'm sorry, he's up until like the end of this book, he is just hard to, he is just so angry. And I understand some of his Mm -hmm. anger. And the more you learn about it, you get it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, chill for a second. It's not going to help anybody. Well, we'll get to it. But I think that the the book leaves him off in a better place and more psychologically healthy and emotionally healthy. Yeah. But, um, she, Irene says that the scar on his back is a parasitic sentient darkness that fights back when she tries to heal it. And she tries to find some books on the subject, but there seems to be a valve after her keeping her from learning too much. Yeah. The first and- night, the first night um, when she's in that library, which is really sad because like, you know, because she's in first yeah. before she goes to the library, she goes to the womb and there's this woman who's like, who's another healer and the womb is like this. It's like, reminds me of like a hot springs yeah. sort of deal. And, um, so she's in there, she's chilling. She's letting all of her thoughts drift. And then there's another woman in there who's crying. Cause a, a young child died, which of course, if I, yeah. I, I can't imagine any doctor or nurse having to, um, witness that and deal with that. So she's, you know, yeah. she's trying to comfort this healer and she goes up to the library, you know, pets a bass cat, you know, chills out, does her reading, and then finds books that kind of talk about the Volg without kind of giving their full name, but starts to hear about these different histories and how they came out of this door. And it's it's not quite pieced together. And then she feels mm-hmm. something watching her. And she starts, and it's really dark <laughs> in these <laughs> library calls. And she actually, like, and you kind of start to see her um, defense mechanism, um, the defense that she was taught kind of pick up. You know, so and she's walking down these um, bookshelves. You can feel it kind of like between like this is a part part where I really enjoyed reading it. And you can she can sense the darkness following her on the other side. And um, she trips over the dead body of the poor woman who was crying in the um, in the um, the womb, as they call it. And Mm -hmm. she's basically a husk is how they put like every single ounce of her has been drained. And she has to keep going, which is, <laughs> again, I was really caught up in this moment. And she uses her thing to like, oh, hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. And the shadow stops. And because they think like, oh, she's about to meet you with somebody. And that's how she yeah, kind of escapes. Like, oh, hey. Remember that <laughs> test we had? Yeah. <laughs> How's the test going? Ready to go hang out now? <laughs> <laughs> Got to go get some lunch. And the shadow yeah. stops. And then they get out and. She finds a couple of other acolytes and they all run and now there's more guards up all over the place. And that's when you start to realize, oh, something's chasing her. And then the second time happens, which, yeah, again, it's that whole anger thing because mm-hmm. her and Kaol have had another fight. And Irene is kind of slowly telling Kaol about his stuff. And through her healing, Irene is learning about Kaol's life because she can, it feels like she can also see what's going on and what Kaol's fighting against because... Uh, they're showing like his history with his father, uh, watching um, uh, Sorsha dot get beheaded and then having to leave Dorian behind because he still feels really guilty about that and all the torment that Dorian went through while being under control of the Volg and also like um, not being able to protect. Um, uh, oh God, my brain again just went. Um, uh, Nehemia. Oh yeah, because uh, that also affected him as well. Yeah, and then Aelin tearing that. him apart. 
And we finally find out why he was being such a, a pissy dick to uh to Aelin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which do you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, um, first I gotta say that when when Irene tells him about the like the sentient darkness um within him <laughs> she asks if if he noticed anything and he, he says um <clears throat> i sense nothing and i <laughs> i put in my notes yeah we know kale <laughs> <laughs> we'll go right in my journal now i'm gonna put some black eyeliner on <laughs> nothing i sense nothing <laughs> wrote a die anyway um <laughs> but um so uh also i found another thing that i kind of loved about like irene healing him <laughs> um, uh, it's a quote from the book it says she laid a hand on the back of one thigh Feeling the muscle beneath the crisps, oh, excuse me, feeling the muscle beneath the crisp hairs. <laughs> I put, ew. <laughs> Why does he have crisp hairs? <laughs> well, it sounds okay. like they're singed or something. Okay, as somebody who likes to exercise a lot, sometimes when you don't yeah. bathe on a regular basis, certain things can become a little bit crispy. But that's why you shower. <laughs> and it's a very hot climate. I don't know. I'm just sorry with excuses. Crisp hairs. <laughs> Pure seafoam. Um, but yeah i found a couple just fun ones here but um also uh in the meantime (laughs) okay so her name is spelled h-a-s-a-r i want to call her hassar but you said oh yeah no so do i yeah i just (laughs) learned that i've been pronouncing it wrong in my head this entire time as well don't worry don't understand how a is pronounced o in this case like only after the, the first one i don't anyway um she wants irene to act as a spy for her with kale and irene tells kale after they get high and horny um and he tells her to tell hussar hosar that he said aelin and her crew were heading to skulls bay (laughs) he's like nobody would go there (laughs) she's not stupid enough to go back there he says the pirate lord would kill her (laughs) he says it was perhaps the one place aelin would never go to the domain of the pirate lord he'd heard her story once of her misadventure with rolf as if destroying his city and wrecking his prized ships were just another bit of fun Heading there would indeed be the last thing Aelin would do with the Pirate Lord's promise to slaughter her on sight. <laughs> and because Oops. these books are running at, <laughs> concurrently at the same time, both um, Th- Tower of Dawn and um, mm-hmm. uh, Air of Fire was the last one. Or Empire of Storms, sorry. Empire of Storms, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is where I'm like, oh, my, my chronology is um, really messed up in my head. Well, we're on the sixth book. It's kind of hard to... Keep track, keep track of, of them but yes you know she's like i'm gonna head over there and mess with the pirate lord <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like, you almost feel like there bored. needs to be like a curvy and thir- uh, a curvy enthusiasm like cuts and <laughs> 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 <end> just <of> cut <laughs> like <laughs> pretty much <laughs> um, yeah so i love that and um he Uh, So Kale, in the beginning, he's occasionally sleeping with Nezrin to prove that his dong still works. Um, But he's kind of... And Nezrin is... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you go He's kind of being a pissy dick with her. And, like, taking out all of his, like, his... I don't know. Inabilities to move. (laughs) Yeah. And his, like, frustrations with himself out on her. Well, because she's become captain of the guards. She has his position now. Um... Which, you know, and some, you know, that was like, he's like, that was my position. And now I'm, again, I'm an emissary in this stupid wheelchair. And she gets to I fight. Get to and, fight. Yeah. <laughs> and Nesrin's just like, uh, yeah, you're not complaining about it when we're laying in bed together. So uh, yeah. I'm going to go hang out with this. Because um, Nesrin, should probably mention that uh, Nesrin's family immigrated from Antica. So she's yes. a, 
Uh, she wasn't born there. She um, has like an aunt and uncle who live there and her cousins, but um, like her parents um, or her dad uh, immigrated over to Rifthold and met her mom mm-hmm. and you know how babies are made and now there they are. <laughs> no, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and because you've got Nessa and like she's going to go see her aunt and uncle and mm-hmm. then she, they also get word because again, happening oh, and currently. and she tries that, to invite oh. Kale to, to oh, yeah, and he says no. family and he's like, no, I'm too busy. Yeah. Eyeliner. listen to my chemical romance (laughs) you go low I know names I don't know songs clearly (laughs) (laughs) that makes two of us Uh, I know like the the new wave emo sort of bands but (laughs) I know Jack I I, I know I know but but I don't know much about the the new stuff the kids are listening to these days (laughs) but uh yeah so he gets all high and horny with irene and gets a little touchy with her doesn't doesn't go anything um, beyond that (laughs) yeah but like he's obviously you know into her and she's starting to get kind of into him and um and he knows that nezrin saw them getting all little heavy hot and bothered yeah well i mean because yeah. to be fair hosar's trying to stick them together as well as like both with irene being a spy but she's she's like mm-hmm. she at least seems to know that he's kind of got a thing because uh for irene i mean because even like um like kale rejects like one of the servant girls who tries to get undressed when he's about to oh, bathe yeah. and he's just like because yeah part of this group is like oh yeah the servants are totally free to like f around with the royalty and like that's how they earn higher powers but they have a choice i'm like to be fair if that's how you get higher in the ladder that's not a choice that's a that's <laughs> yeah. still an abuse of power <laughs> i think even kale points that out he's like um guys that's still not a choice and they're like no it is and kale's like no it's not it's like one point to kale on noticing that (laughs) oh yeah see a harvey weinstein (laughs) but uh yeah so nezrin's kind of like what the fuck bro (laughs) like like okay or flirting around she kind of sees what i think she does understand what hosar is trying to do because she's like oh no nesser you go sit over there by like my other brother and like like by sartak and like irene you come sit over here by kaol it's like oh for the love of god you're obvious (laughs) like i know you're trying to do political intrigue but you're both suck at it she kind of makes me think of that friend in junior high oh yes (laughs) yes Everybody had that friend. Well, not that friend, that person you knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more accurate. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so but, Nesser and... Um, yeah, oh, you go ahead. As I was going to talk about oh, Nesser um, and Joy of Sartak. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like, it It gets really sad because you get to know Nesser a little better. And, um, you know, you find out more about her, her mom dying and um, her family and... Then at this point, when she sees uh, him getting a little heavy with Irene, she's like, you know, she says that she doesn't want to be anybody's second choice. She doesn't want to be a consolation prize. And um, first he was with her after, like, as a rebound with Aelin. Yeah. Yeah. And then once Aelin came back, like, she could tell he wasn't necessarily over his feelings for her and it was still really awkward and she's always kind of kept on the the sidelines and you know there's also the fact that like hi like we just said she tried to introduce him to her family and he's like no (laughs) <laughs> well and, and even then and her family is um because like she gets word obviously after because again happening at the same times as the previous mm. book uh they learn about Rifthold being set aflame by um the witches and their wervins and being attacked by the volg and now um Nestorin has no idea if her father and her sister and her uh nieces and nephews have escaped because they were still back in Rifthold. Yeah. So she's worried about them. Her aunt and uncle and her cousins are worried about them, and they're waiting to hear news. 
And Kale's in his own little, like, I'm still upset. So Nestor's just like, uh, F you. My life is the worst. (laughs) It's like, my family could be dead. (laughs) Yes, and, like, Nestorin, like, I don't even know how I, I... I totally forgot about that. She is just kind of walking around like a zombie and like just with her, like wondering if her father and her sister are alive on her mind. And like, and there's Kale being like, well, I can't walk. So (laughs) my life sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, she definitely at that point, I'm just like, Nazarene, why are you even still fucking with him? Yeah, and- I mean, she's she's acting as a good captain of the guards, and that's, I guess, what she feels mm-hmm. is her proper position. But she also, as she gets close to Sartak, um, who is our our princely ruck rider (laughs) and he clearly also has a thing for her um Mm -hmm. she's like okay well maybe i can do my duty and get to know him and maybe i can convince him to send a (laughs) sorry Uh, it's okay (laughs) carry on (laughs) (laughs) who's the older one here again (laughs) approximately 13 (laughs) anyways So she's like, okay, I'll get close to Sartak and like I'll I'll try to convince him to convince his father because they're having because you know Coggin is basically um, up and said I'm taking care of my wife. Bye. Uh, Duva's no help. She's pregnant. She's still mm-hmm. young. Um, and Hozar and Argan are them. And yeah. uh, Cashin is Cashin is a weird character pinned down because he clearly obviously has feelings for Irene. And of course, when like mm-hmm. uh, Hozar sticks Irene next to Kaol, he's also just as bitter. He's like, I'm gonna go sit with this other girl. Fine. I know that he's supposed to be like a strong soldier and everything and can lead a whole bunch of men to battle, yes. but I don't feel like we spend a lot of time with him. It's like no, he has a thing for I- Irene at some point, and then it's like, I wait okay yes he still exists he's still alive he, by the end of the book i even have the same question like, <laughs> i don't know he gets like uh, characterized like a like a high school boy who's just like oh 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 i'm not into her i just carry her books for her all everywhere and <laughs> follow well, her and everywhere like, ho- and like, like not helping because every so often she's like well you mm-hmm. know if i become the heir then you know like you you can marry like my brother and like maybe I'll look into like like letting your children live. It's like Jesus yes. Christ. <laughs> Just telling Irene this who's supposed to, and Irene's supposed to be like one of her best friends and stuff outside uh-huh. of like her lover. <laughs> Just like her only friends, yeah. I know. Like yeah, like it's you got Hazar and um I'm trying to remember like how you say uh her name, but <laughs> her lover's uh Hazar's God because I can't get over saying Hazar. Um <laughs> We we just learned something new today. <laughs> um, uh, I gotta um, sorry. Yeah, I gotta remember. Yeah, because I just oh Renia. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she doesn't have a lot of friends, but yeah, she's like goading. Like every so often, she's like, "Okay, I want you to go try to seduce Kale, but also, yeah, you could totally like like marry my brother, and like maybe I'll have to kill him, but maybe your children you can like live. It's like, yeah, no wonder Irene had like lost all interest in Cash because it even sounded like in the beginning that um, Irene was like, well, he's nice and you know, like he's like mm-hmm. he seems to be a good man and everything, but the constant like, oh yeah, no, your your children will probably end up dead if you do this. So it's like, it's like but you know, because we're friends. I might let you. Yeah. yeah, I might. <laughs> Maybe let you kids live. I don't know. We'll and see. you'll have like a special place next to me. <laughs> it's like, like wouldn't that uh, be nice? <laughs> huh, BFF? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's. But again, Kash, it's like he's just kind of brought in as like a prop. If like even yeah. the, like even outside of being like Hozar's prop, like he just feels like a prop sometimes. It's like, well, yeah, no, there's other like mentally after Irene, but you know she's. She can't go after this main one. It's like, yeah, but I don't really know enough about him, it feels like. It's like he's kind of just not important except for being kind of a foible. And and also, yeah. he, he also loves Duva. Like, when, um, towards the end, like, you yeah. you clearly see they that they're do. very close. Well, they all do. But, like, I mean, well, Argon is the one exception because he's just like, she hasn't changed at all. It's like, like if you've been paying attention. <laughs> it's like, okay, Cashin, <laughs> good job standing up to your brother who's... Which I do love the fact that Argon's technically the oldest brother, but it's uh, Sartak who's the 
second son is yeah. the one who's favored. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's why they usually have to kill each other is because clearly there's issues here. Well, and I think it's because he's he you know, like they they some like some people say and I have to agree that the best leaders are those who don't want the power. Yeah. And I think Sartax made it very clear like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> like well, he just wants to be with the Ruckin who are his real family. Well, cuz I, I well, and some with uh Caution, neither of them want to deal with the political intrigue bullshit. Yeah. Like, and even Caution says, like, he never thinks that he's going to be heir, and he doesn't really want to deal with the political intrigue. Whereas, like, Hozar and Argon are just like, we're going to joke with the viziers, we're going to learn this, and we're going to whisper mm-hmm. in our father's ear, like, what they really mean. Because they're the ones who are bringing them all the bad news and all the, like, hey, guess what I heard? On your side, a bunch of people yeah. died. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's it. They have, like, spies everywhere, and they always break it like a, oh, by the way, (laughs) I heard something funny. Your family might be dead. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) let's all get high. Yes. (laughs) So anyways, Nesterin tries to do her own band of political intrigue, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, because she's kind of sick of Kale's bullshit and uh, Sartak invites her to see all the Ruckin and his second family, his actual loving second family. Yes. Um, and, family. <laughs> and join him on Kadara, his uh, his Ruck. And I guess like I, I think about like all the um, oh, my, my again, my brain broke on the name of the uh, uh, the creatures in Harry Potter, um, but they fly oh, fast. The- Oh, um, I know. Oh, I, I just did it to you too. I know. We're gonna have a bunch uh, of people screaming at us. But well, Buckbeak was one of them. Phen- phenomenon where like somebody says something and then like, oh, I I can't remember. And then the other person. Hippogriff. Like, yes, Hippogriff. thank you. There you go. I had to look it up. But yeah, my brain bug. <laughs> but it kind of reminds me of, like how fast you move. Like you got Hermione screaming. But like in the case of Nestor, she's not screaming, but she's like, and I'm happy I didn't eat breakfast this morning. <laughs> oh, and I'd like to with that, I would love to give a shout out to our new podcasting friends, uh, the three broom chicks. <laughs> and um, who, I, I just found them out recently. I was like these girls are stealing our shit. But then I realized that we created our uh, Twitter account after they created theirs. I was like, son of a bitch. It was osmosis. Just, uh, Sometimes it happens to osmosis. Okay. Yes. Yeah, the collective unconscious. That's obviously it. Yes. But um, just like but calculus. I, <laughs> I, I just realized that we, we just were, we're uh, great sick minds that think alike apparently yes but uh they cover a lot of harry potter stuff so i <laughs> we that will come have... later everybody just to let you know that will come later we should have like phoned a friend and like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like what is what, what is buckbeak again <laughs> like, have them yell Thank at us <laughs> go for the internet right in front of me <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> Anyway, so yes, Nesrin joins Sartak, and Sartak treats her like a human and somebody who yes. he wants to at least be friends with. And uh, he's heard stories about her, how like um, her archery skills are, I was going to say top notch, and then I realized I'd be making a partial pun there. But yes, oh, she's basically it. known as like one of the, <laughs> she's known as like probably the best archer in the world. So she's showing all the people, uh, mm-hmm. the Ruckin, uh, her shooting skills and uh, she didn't realize is... that she was a legend. Oh yeah, that was a funny and thing. Like, He's now... like, "I've heard about you." <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Wait, what? You heard about me?" <laughs> like, turns out, yeah, she's a legend, and like everybody knows about her 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 archery skills. Yeah, so it's... she actually found a place where people appreciate her. Yes, and a person who actually appreciates her, and even like, uh, and yes. towards the end, he even says like, "I loved you before I met you." It's like, oh, that's so yeah. sweet, high school boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but same time, it's nice. But the, yeah, so they they go and they find out that a lot of the uh, little ruck hatchlings are disappearing, um, just out oh. of their nests. Which... And I'm sorry to interrupt, but I have to say like that when she left, uh, when when they left, he just like 
he he was able to uh sneak up on her while she was kind of um doing rounds around the city to see if like she could find any valg activity oh and um he says that he's uh he invites her to go with him he's gonna go to um the uh mountains of the ruckin for three weeks and um he invites her to go with him and she doesn't even she doesn't even pack anything she doesn't wait around to talk she to was Kale. a letter she like just, bye <laughs> yeah she leaves the note i got the note it's um i have gone with sartak to see the ruckin i shall be gone three weeks i hold you to no promises and i will hold to none of my own and kale and, gets moody about that <laughs> yes i mean she's basically saying later tater i'm gonna do this prince all freak nasty chumpo deal with it like <laughs> nesrin out <laughs> then he's oh, like does. whatever why'd you leave me oh god <laughs> when your live doll grows a conscience <laughs> yeah right <laughs> sorry well because i think that kind of makes him face the fact that he's been kind a of a dick, dick to her yeah yes. but yeah i'm sorry oh no it's because um, you know because we got the um because you meet a couple of people here that um sartak clearly loves as a family you've got his hearth sister Bort. Mm-hmm. um i think it's pronounced uh, <laughs> unfortunately she's not part of my list of pronunciations no, <laughs> so i i looked her up too and i couldn't find anything but i i want to say it's like Borty or borde i imagine or, it's like borte or Bort. something and then you've got um holon uh who is borte's grandmother and um, also the hearth mother of the clan that Sartak basically has kind of called his own. There's a bunch of other clans, but this is the one that he's closest with. And mm-hmm. um, they go and investigate. Um, they're investigating a couple things. They're trying to, because Nestor is kind of giving Sartak little clues about what they're looking for. Um, especially after the thing that tried to attack Irene and everything, oh, yeah. but she's not fully revealing. And so... They go and investigate these towers that were left behind by the Fae, because there were Fae here at one point, and they've been mm-hmm. set up with Fae traps and everything, which yes. is fun. <laughs> oh, and you also get another character introduced called Falcon, who um, we get the, the spiders back again, who traded away mm-hmm. 20 years of his life for silk, because he's a trader. And then he realizes, oh, the money that I got for this probably wasn't worth 20 years of my life, because I'm 27, <laughs> yeah. and I'm a middle-aged man. <laughs> and he's trying and, to find um, a way... Oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, because, well, because the spiders are there on Antica. So he's been told that, oh, if you just eat the heart of one of these things, you'll get your years back. He's like, well, I'll try anything at this point. So he's up with Holin trying to telling her about like what's going on in um, um, Ardar- Ardarlan, Ardarlan. <laughs> and also um, he's out looking for a spider, which, by the way, I had I wanted to look up what these spiders look like because I kind of imagined them. As like, um, actually having like the Potter. No, actually, I kind of wanted them to have like. um, Do you remember the first main boss in the first part of Diablo, where it was like a spider, but had like the body of a of a person? That's kind of how I really wanted to imagine them. But no, they're spiders. Like I had to look it up, and they're basically like huge spiders that have like the voices of women. So it's like that's kind of what I wanted to imagine them as. I was like, I wonder if somebody has like refigured this. It's like, oh no, they're just they're just your humongous spiders. They're your Harry Potter, Um, your Lord of the Rings spiders. And they call the Stygian spiders the Karankui. Mm Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you're. I don't know if that's the right pronunciation either. But I'm going to go with that one. (laughs) I mean, it looks right. Whatever. Yeah, and they they kind of they're supposed to like keep to themselves, but um, they find out that they're the ones who have been taking all the hatchlings um, in the night mm-hmm. of the rooks. And oh, yeah, this was probably like one of the most tragic things because you know, like you first you well you got a couple things happening. First, you've got um, Nesserin and Sartak exploring the first tower, avoiding the traps. Um, and almost dying to them. So, like, Sartak is saved by Nesserin, and then Nesserin is saved by Sartak, and they both are like, well, I guess we owe each other our lives. Ha, 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 ha. Like, please don't let go of me. <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> and then they find one of the gigantic-ass spiders in the um, first tower, um, along with a bunch of fey weapons and the <laughs> yeah. tragic. And that's when Falcon appears. Oh, God, now I want to call him Falcor. Falcon appears, the <laughs> traitor. As a yeah. wolf, 
out of nowhere, he's a shifter. <laughs> and of course, yes. like Sartak is like, shifters are like mistrusted. And Nestor's like, I know a shifter. She's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I actually trust you. And But he's not good at his shifting because for him, he's been a shifter. Like it, he was around when like all the magic disappeared. So he never had a lot yeah. of training with his shifting. It sounds like. And so um, he's he just hasn't had a chance to um, practice as much as say like whereas Lysandra can be like I could be anything I want. Have you seen my water dragon? I could be a water dragon. Have <laughs> <A water> <laughs> you seen my snow lover? I could be a snow. <laughs> I could be all these different things. And he's just like I could be a wolf. That might be the big wolf. That might be the best thing I can be right now. <laughs> and a mouse. Yeah, and a mouse. Oh, and a little like a uh, millipede. Yes. And I love it when when they run into that giant uh, spider in the the first tower, because um, you know, like the, with all the the traps that they were so careful to work around, they were just meant to um, you know they it required them to watch where they step, and on the the ceiling the the spider shows up, and <laughs> she says. Those fey morsels forgot to look up when they built this place. <laughs> and the fey morsels part had me wondering if we're the Stygian spiders of the story. <laughs> so we Let's keep get talking that spit about ready. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I guess we better learn how to properly pronounce Karen Cooey because that's us. <laughs> Except well, but I wouldn't want to eat a little babies. Yeah, I don't want to eat the rock. They sound cute. These are like golden stars. And that, I know. And they set one up as a trap and then they kill it. It's like, oh my yes. God. That, oh that God. made me yeah, up. That was terrible. I know. Because, like, because uh, um, Sartak's rock hears it and they go down to like rescue it, but they don't realize that there's like this fine thing of like spider silk that traps them. And as. um. And Sartak's about to like go and like get the little like baby uh, hatchling. It gets stabbed by a bat- giant spider leg and like yes. taken away. And he's just like, Ugh. can I? During that scene, can I just say something in this encounter? Because you you've got Nessa and you got uh, Falcon in as a little mouse in her pocket um, as yes. backup. But he just I have and you got notes. Sartak and you got um <laughs> <laughs> and you got uh. Kadara, who's they are able to get free and fly away, but it's the area's too big that she can't, um, the rock can't carry them out, so they run. And I love the fact that, um, <laughs> Nesrin's able to like squeeze through these small little area, and it turns out that, like, <laughs> like Sartak's like just too broad chested yeah. to squeeze through with all of his weapons. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, yes. drop the weapons. He's like, yes. it's okay, Nesrin. I'll always love you. I wish we had more time. He gets pulled back. It's like, and I feel like this could have been solved. <laughs> right? <laughs> just fucking just take like, the, the weapons off, you dipshit. Or step back, also- like try the higher area, try squatting down, because clearly other areas are able to squeeze through. He's like, no, my chest is too broad. <laughs> God damn it. I'm too manly. <laughs> But uh, also, okay, so Nezrin is carrying Mouse Falcon in her breast pocket. and Happy um, little messages to him. <laughs> yes. And I'm thinking, like, while she's squeezing through these tight places, I'm like, he's still, like, right on her boob, right? I mean, yes, like, it's kind of awkward. Hug! Hug! <laughs> and then she keeps patting her breast pocket to let him know to wait before he reveals himself and change into another animal. And uh, the book says, Falcon's tiny paws tapped in understanding. I'm like, he's tapping her boob this whole time. He's just Later on, he boob. just sits down next to Sartak. He's like, hey. Guess what I got to do before you? (laughs) And that's how he died. (laughs) (laughs) That's our duck died. (laughs) And that was the end of Falcon. (laughs) Or Falcon. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Whatever his name is. (laughs) I I love uh, the 
a hearth sister, uh, Bordy, Borte. Borte, whatever. Um, she, she, when she finds out that Falcon is a shapes, yeah, shape, shapeshifter, she's there. You go. She asks them all the important questions that we would be asking, like, <laughs> yeah, you have the list. What does it feel like to be a duck paddling beneath water but gliding so smoothly over the surface? When you eat as an animal, does the meat all fit in your human stomach? Do you have to wait between eating as an animal and shifting back into human because of it? Do you def- do you defecate as an animal? <laughs> and I, I love her. Like, I'm so glad yeah, she's part too. of the live by the end of this book club. <laughs> and I feel like Moss just sort of uh, winks at the reader with these like, sorts of We know of what comments. you're wondering. <laughs> yeah. Like, we couldn't ask Lysandra that... this, but we can ask him this. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I think it was in the last one where uh, the last book where she was describing um, describing Manon and uh, and she's like, and she was perfect and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, okay, you get the readers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, but yeah. But so, and yeah, they learn a couple of things because uh, both, it turns out that, you know, the the sacrifice of um, uh, Sartak's broad chest so that Nesrin will run. Because <laughs> he, he's telling her to run. And he's like, I'm stuck. Just run. It's like, sacrifice didn't work out. So she gets herself captured with the idea that uh, Falcon will uh, cut her loose so that they can escape. And it's, she convinces the the head spider not to eat them immediately by having her tell him a story. And I'm just like, there should have been like that huge like warning sign of like, this is a trap. They are trying to delay you. <laughs> Big, huge, bright light spider queen person. And she reveals a lot of cool things that they're part yes. of the Vogue. And that there was obviously the three king Vogs. Uh, you got the uh, Erowyn, who's the one who's currently here, who's causing all the trouble. Um, and then you've got, oh, God, I'm going to, like, butcher Orcus? these names again. Yeah, it's like Oculus. I want to say Oculus every time I see his name. <laughs> Oculus Rift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but... um. And then you find out that, no, there was a queen, and it's Queen Maeve. It's like, Yes, the queen of the Valg. Yes, the one who just tortured the shit out of um, Aelin and whipped her mm-hmm. is actually a Valg. She's not a fae, she was able to convince the other um, Mala and, um, oh, God, again, it's like Morna or Morana. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, she was like, like, oh, no, you've always had, like, a third sister, and here I am. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, somehow she's able to, like, wiggle, because uh, she's trying to avoid her husband, um, Oculus, or Oculus, because um, she doesn't, because she doesn't want to go back, and who blames her? And yeah. she's like, oh, look at all this cool stuff. I'm going to go sit here and be the queen of the fae, and you guys can all just, and that's why she's been able to live longer than all other fae's expected life ex- uh, life and she's she's trying to run from the other um, Vogue while setting up an army so that she can always she can get the uh, word keys and always stay here so yeah, yeah. it says um, and using her power she ripped into their minds made them believe they had a sister an eldest <laughs> sister to rule with them three queens for the three queens that might one day come when they returned to their palace, she tore into the middle of all those who dwelled there, too. Or, excuse me, tore into the minds of all those who dwelled there, too. And any who came, planting the thought that a third queen had always existed, always ruled. If they somehow resisted her power, she found ways to end them. And, um, they, yeah, so she, uh, she realized, like, like she, she made the, even the, the king's forget eventually because uh orcus arrived with um his brothers and um it says that orcus uh excuse me that orcus had learned of his wife's leaving and discovered how she'd done it went beyond what she'd done and found a way to control the gate between worlds made keys to do so shared with his brothers three keys for the three kings they went from world to world, opening gates as they willed it, sweeping in their armies and laying waste to the, those realms as they hunted for her until they reached this world. And using, you know, like, so basically they say that um, 
when she realized that these keys existed, uh, she wanted them. And uh, she wanted to banish them, kill them, and use the keys as she saw fit within this world and others. So she stole the keys, managed to send two of the kings back, Orcus one of them, and before she could go after the final king, the youngest one who uh, loved his brothers so very deeply, the keys would, were taken from her by Brannon. And... Uh, and it's the ancestor like so, of Aelin. <laughs> yeah, which he was the fire king. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they all so, fear fire. All the Vogue creatures fear mm-hmm. fire. So, which, and of course, like the not the spires aren't only the Vogue, they're supposed to be the handmaids of Maeve. So they're left to guard one of the doors or gates in the mountain um, until she comes back, which I'm like, wow, you guys, um, you guys are effing dedicated because <laughs> she's been yeah, gone right? for a long ass time. <laughs> it's like Thousands she will return. It's like, um, <laughs> she ain't and coming back. Um... She's she gone out for cigarettes and she ain't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> it's okay, sweetie. I'm just going to go out and get a pack of smokes. I'll be right back. <laughs> thousand years later she'll be back 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 back. and sorry listeners and sorry jane and uh other me past me but um, (laughs) we talk a lot we talk a lot (laughs) but we gotta we gotta stop it here uh so we don't have a crazy long episode and i guess okay i know what you're thinking we should just assume ahead of time that it's going to be a long episode and a two-parter you know, I know when we're three-parter no i'm kidding i don't know we'll find oh, out. My, it might be i mean <laughs> let's not start joking about that because it might freaking be uh anywho so we're going to conclude this next week uh, with another episode, but yeah, we're we're not gonna make you wait uh, two weeks two weeks for the next one. Uh, we'll be uh, talking to you again and uh, next week. Bye. So See and you next week. <laughs> till then, what's that got to do with the first part of my knob? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that poor poor knob. <laughs> 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 <laughs>